Hello, and welcome to Not For The Dinner Table. It's not coming out. <laughs> you said you were ready. No, I was, but it's not coming out. <laughs> Hang on, there we go. Stop pointing at my face. <laughs> oh my God. That was the harder work than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> oh, hello, he- Dave. Hello, Sophie. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. Good. Very well. And hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. And welcome to episode 21. Wowee. Of there you not are. For the dinner table. For you. Thank you. Of what? Not for the dinner table. Yes. That's us. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it is. Right. Cheers, David. Oh, cheers. Thank you. Oh, lovely. Mm. And we're at your house this we week. We are at my house this week. I love it when we're at your house. <laughs> Why? Because I don't have an Ernie to listen out for. Or no. Lolly barking, or my husband coming in, cracking open beers. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, we, we're home alone. Matthew is off on his little jollies in Manchester. Aww. You might hear something akin to aliens roaming around uh, the air ducts in the film <laughs> Alien because my little French bulldog is having a moment of scurrying around. He's having time of his life upstairs. Yeah, as we call them, zoomies. Zoomies. Yes. What do you call your pets when they go crazy, um, listeners? Let us know. We call it zoomies, but we'd love to hear what you call your pet zooms. Yes, please. Crazies. Crazy. Nut jobs. We call, when Ernie goes mental now, we call it a zoomie. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when Ernie goes crazy. Yeah. Yeah, does a little funny walk. He does. Weird. Have you had a nice week? I've had a lovely week, thank you. Yeah, it's been really nice. <laughs> really, really, really nice. <laughs> really, really nice. <laughs> yeah, it's just been quite chilled out, really. I've been working, so... But it's been good. good. It's all good. Yeah. And it's been hot, hot, hot. Yes, it has. Thank goodness today, though, it's a bit cooler, so we're not two hot hosts in no. a hot room. No, we're not. And we had an amazing thunderstorm. Oh, my God. It was so good, wasn't it? Oh, it was just the best. We had our windows wide open. Yeah. And just the ro- like the th- rolling thunder oh, really yeah. felt like the sky was falling down it, it really did so it was like primal and yeah it was like out of a film yeah like it was proper amazing. job yeah. yeah it was lush we never get thunderstorms like that ever do we no, so we don't it was very nice yes i think i embarrassed myself at work by how much i went on about the thunderstorms <laughs> and how much i liked them i think people are like you go you're a freak <laughs> oh no they didn't no. everyone loves a good thunderstorm exactly who doesn't love it who doesn't? Oh no. Oh no. My Prosecco glass we'll is sticking to my mat. Tilt and raise. Mm. I'll try and remember that. So, David, what yeah. are we talking about tonight? Tonight, Soph, we're talking about. Well, I don't know what you thought we were going to be calling the episode, mm. but I've put on my notes strange sayings and where they come from. Oh, yeah. What did you put? I put odd sayings! <laughs> Exclamation point. So yes, we thought we'd spend a bit of time looking into some of the phrases that we all know and love and where they've come from and what they mean, because some of our listeners might not know what they mean. Exactly. And I think there's um, a lot of like English sayings that people are like, what? What does that mean? 
I think there's just general English words that yeah. people don't know yeah. what they mean. Can I tell you my <laughs> my Disney story? Yes. So, as you know, I used to work in Disney, yes. and we had a list of English words. Um, no, sorry, we had a list of American words mm-hmm. uh, on a chalkboard, and the idea was that guests would come into the store that we were working in. And it was a way to interact with the guests. So they'd see the American word and they'd guess what the English version was. Okay. So there were two lit like two lists next to each other. And at mm-hmm. the top of the first list was cell phone and at the, the top of the second list was cookie. Okay. And so this lovely, lovely American uh, lady came in, like full American tourist. So she had like the visor, the, visor. the fanny pack, yes. the t-shirt with like Florida on it, yeah. and like some white capri pants and yeah. some big Audrey, Deirdre Barlow Sunglasses. glasses. Yeah. And she came in and she was like, oh my God, oh my God, you call a cell phone a cookie? That is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, no, we call a cell phone a mobile and a cookie a biscuit. And she was like, oh my God, I'm so stupid. And I was like, no, it's fine. I said, it's not too explanatory. So even words, even words in our vocabulary are all different. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool, isn't it? I love it. I quite love, I quite love. You quite love. Oh God. What do you quite love? Vocabulary. Words. Oh yeah. We love a good word, yeah. don't we? We're like Susie Dent. Oh, who's that? She's the lexicographer on um, Countdown. Oh, I don't know. Carol Vorderman. No, she did the numbers, didn't she? Oh. And then it's Rachel Riley. I can't oh, believe yeah. you don't know who Susie Rachel Dent Riley's is. Rachel Riley's married someone from Strictly and not a little baby. Yeah, Pasha Kovalev. Mm. Who's left Strictly. Because he's had a bab. Yeah. Oh, and what about Oti Mabuse's sister being the new judge? Oh, yes. All <gasps> that. Yeah. Oh, keep it in the fam. Well, no, but every time she gives Oti a 10, she's going to be like, oh, yeah. she's only done it because that's her sister. That's her sister. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. Don't know whether that's a good move or not, really. I don't know. We don't know, do we? We'll, we'll find out. We will find out. Because <laughs> we love a bit of Strictly. We do. <laughs> love a bit of Strictly. <laughs> So have you got any news? I do. I have uh, some... Oh, we need to sing a jingle. (laughs) I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What podcast are you on? What are you doing? (laughs) Don't go straight into news. I know, sorry. Let's sing the jingle. Nerd. Let's sing the jingle. Absolute nerd. (laughs) Are you ready? No news, no news is good news, news, but some news might be nice news. Not for the dinner table. News. Oh, delightful. So, Dave, yes. last time we spoke about the name of the referee in Gladiators. Yes. What are you pointing at? Can you not hear him? Oh, is it Monty? Yeah, he's going... Oh. The it's because we just sang his favourite song. Mm. So the name of the referee in Gladiators was John Anderson. Oh, yes, John Anderson. Yeah. Oh, I just loved that show. It was so great. I think that show was one of the first times I thought I might be gay. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> All those hot men. All those hot men in hot spandex. Sweaty men. I was like, yep. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, this hot, hot sweaty way, lady is not for me. Lightning, <laughs> panther, put your badge away. Yeah, get Hunter. Where's Hunter and Wolf? And cobra. <laughs> cobra. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, they were just delicious. And do you remember when they brought it back? And it was yeah. awful. Yeah, but they were like even hotter then because they were all dressed in like Spartan gladiator gear, weren't mm, they? Yeah, but it was still really bad. It was really bad. Yeah. Um, and then we talked about uh, chemtrails, obviously. And we said, I would ask my sister, because she is a chemist. Well, she's a science teacher now, but she, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, what chemicals can alter the human mind that yes. can be sprayed or killers that can be sprayed from the back of a... Killer chemicals. <laughs> of a jet plane. Death dumps. Um, and she was a bit like, I don't know. And then... She totally she, knows. Yeah, she was like... Uh, she took a guess and she said carbon monoxide and nitrogen dioxide mm. were the two that she would say. I should have asked my brother as well because he's yeah, a chemist. Yeah, you should have, Yeah. <laughs> We'll ask Elliot next time yeah. and then... We'll we just keep Elliot. updating yeah. week on week the death chemicals. The death chemicals. So those are two <laughs> that we hope are not you, sprayed on Put them on, on your it. list, listeners. <laughs> put them on your list to dip for in your water. Yeah. Make sure you're not being sprayed. Yeah. Um, and that's it. Have you got any news, David? I have, well, I have got a bit of news, yeah, because I feel like we need to talk about this. Oh God, I feel like it's going to get really serious now. No, it's not going to get serious, but mm-hmm. if you he- you must have heard of it. And I think most of our listeners, if you're listening to this type of podcast, you probably have heard of it too. Okay. But the storming of Area 51. Oh yes, yeah. Because I feel like we need to just maybe have a little bit of a five minute chat about this. Okay. Because it's crazy. Mm. So this started out as a joke Facebook event. Yeah. Where I can't I can't even remember who the event organizer was. Basically put up an event saying, let's storm Area 51, they're not going to be able to stop us all. Yeah. As of today when we're recording, 1.9 million people are supposedly <laughs> attending the event and oh 1.4 million people are interested in going. That's just nuts. But can you imagine if they do it? Like, what would happen? So the US government, because of growing interest, has got involved. Oh, and really? And is actively discouraging people from attending the event or trying to get near or into a government... Um, what's it Place. called? Place, yeah. yeah. Secured unit. Yes. Oh. Secure facility. Secure facility. We got That's there. what we were looking for. We got that there is what we were looking end. for. Wow. But they can't, like, if people go and they do it, surely they're not just going to gun everybody down. Well, that's what they do, isn't it? If you break into any government facility, they'll... they'll... shoot you. Yeah. <gasps> like, if you if loads of people stormed 10 Downing Street... Yeah, true, yeah. They would yeah. shoot you. Just shoot you. If you storm... Well, we've seen it, haven't we, from terrorist attacks and things. Yeah. Just get gunned down. Yeah. But... Would they gun down 1.9 million people? I don't know. don't know. But I would imagine that if people did turn up, and I don't think people should, because I don't even think the aliens are there. Mm. Because Area 51 is so popular. Of course, yeah. In pop culture. It's synonymous. They're obviously going to have taken UFOs. everything away. Exactly. Mm. If, you, if you knew that that facility was 
in such the zeitgeist of yeah. the the population yeah. of the world are you gonna go oh yeah it's all right we'll just keep all yeah. of our alien tech there in, indiana james the crystals kingdom of the crystal skulls don't they keep all of like the weird artifacts, artifacts in of, area 51 yes they do hi fucking stupid i know that's ridiculous so it's meant to happen. The event is meant to happen on the 20th of September, 2019. Okay. So that's only two months away. Oh, so, so we'll, we'll keep see. Our eyes peeled. Yeah. I'd feel really sad, like, if five people turned up, like, the oh, real hardcores, no. and they were like, where's the other one? I think there would be more people? than just five hardcore, crazy bastards like there that would just actually go and do it. I think people will turn up. So do I, even if it's just to see what happens. Mm. Because realistically, they are right. If that many people yeah. turned up, the facility wouldn't have enough manpower to prevent anything from, for like, to stop all of those people. Yeah, that's like the pop. That's like half the population of London, isn't it? Isn't yeah, there like four million people that live in London, or is it more than that? Oh, I don't know. Why? Because I don't take much notice of London. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know how many people live in the forest. Five. Five. Me, <laughs> Andy, my mum and dad. And Ernie. <laughs> and Ernie. <laughs> that's so, yeah, it. that's my only bit of news, but oh, I felt wow. like we should mention it on this podcast. And we'll, we'll keep a little eye out on that as yeah, well. Which are all other podcasts of the same ilk are doing, but we yeah. want to join in too. Yeah. And if We're you are thinking about wagon. going to the event in uh, September, let us know. Yeah. Uh, but we would strongly advise you reconsider. Mm. Maybe just watch Independence Day. I don't want you to get shot. No. Yeah, just watch Independence Day. Or what if they use that technology, like, you know, the sign technology that they can use that makes people poop their pants? <laughs> 1.9 Shit. million people Shit shitting their themselves. <laughs> no! Yeah. Oh my gosh, there was another story that I read, but I haven't wrote it down. Have okay. you heard about the, the Pooh River? The Pooh River? Yeah, in Alaska. No! <laughs> yeah. What is that by? So because of, because of like rising temperatures and global mm. warming, like all of this ice and snow um, on these and mountains... Feces. Well, it's, okay. it's melting yeah. and it's a well hiked area and all oh, the hikers no. poo up there oh. so like years and years of feces oh. are melting and they're descending down the mountain in a poo river oh my god that is insane and weird but i quite like it <laughs> i like that story i know poo river a poo river oh. well we all know when you're on a hike and you've got to go you've got to go you've got to go find your place and go. Yeah. That's all you need to do. That's it. We've all pooped outside. Yeah. Everybody has. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> but can you imagine if you just lived by the riverside in Alaska? Because um, beautiful. Alaska is just yeah. stunningly beautiful. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm just on the river's edge. Yeah. And then, like, all of a sudden you wake up and you're like... <laughs> What is that smell? Yeah, that is cool. 50 like... years of frozen shit oh coming your God. way, Brandine. I feel, I feel like it would be t- like a t- tirade. Is it a tirade? Is that the right word? A torrent. A torrent of shit. A torrent of shit. Like not just like a little nicely floating 
swimming along river of shit. It's a torrent (laughs) of shit coming towards you. It's not like a meandering, babbling brook. Babbling brook. No, it's a torrent. It's a tidal wave. Seven boar. (laughs) The seven boar of Alaska, but the seven shit boar of Alaska. Amazing. So yes, I thought I'd mention that because it just came back into my mind. That's fabulous. I love that. looking at uh, news, possible news. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. So how are we going to get into this then, Dave? So what we've done, listeners, is we've got a bunch of sayings. We have got the meaning of that saying. And then we've got a little bit about the origin of the same yeah. so we've got quite a few each because they're quite short and snappy yeah so we'll probably just do similar to magical mystery yeah just do one each surprise and just take it in turns shall okay we? yeah do you want to go first yeah all right I do. okay pop. so in the obviously i'm going to the forest of dean oh yeah it's my favorite place um we've got lots of old language still hanging around in the forest of dean and we um, use the term language loosely. <laughs> um, with lots of odd sayings, but my favourite one is Au bisto but. I thought it was A bisto but. It's Au bisto but. Au bisto but. Au bisto but. I love it. Which roughly translates is How are you, my friend? Au bisto but. Au bisto but. How are you, my friend? Um, so, but, meaning friend, has been on a journey. This is what I'm focusing on. Mm-hmm. During the gold rush in America, mm-hmm. some foresters went to mine gold for the Americans. No way. True, true, true. Taking their weird language with them. <laughs> <laughs> but, you'll love this, yeah. became butty. Which eventually turned into buddy. And that is why Americans say buddy. So buddy came from the Forest of Dean. Came from like Old English. Because I I best old Bert is like South England. Yeah. You know, Southwest. So all the miners that went over to mine for gold would say, I best old Bert, or all right, Bert. All right, Bet. All right, Betty. Wow. Yeah, became Betty. Uh, very loose factual information, that is. <laughs> Just adding that to, to my little story. But um, a lot of people have told me that. Wow. So well, it must be I'm, true. <laughs> I'm going with it's true. I'm saying that it's absolute fact. Yeah. Hard fact. Hard facts. Hard facts. No fake news on this no podcast. No fake news. That's real life happening right now. <laughs> Did you like that? I loved that. And I love Albisto Bert. Albisto Bert. Love it. Right, go on, Dave. So my first one is, what a load of codswallop. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, so this phrase means, what a load of nonsense or mm-hmm. what a load of rubbish. Yeah. So the origin of this phrase is actually unclear but one claim is that it comes from the cod's bottle so harem cob 
no, cod, sorry, developed a technique for bottling lemonade in right. the 1870s. The process involved inserting a glass marble, which then became a stopper when you fizzed it up. So but okay. you still see these bottles today where they've got a little marble, marble in inside. The yeah. Oh. So that's a cod's bottle. So it contained... Um, no, it didn't contain anything. <laughs> it it would. Are you okay? <laughs> oh gosh, I'm having trouble seeing. Do you need a minute? Yeah. <laughs> it was coined, so that bottle is coined the Cod's bottle. Right. And wallop. Yes. Was a slang term for beer. Ah. Oh. So therefore, Cod's wallop was actually a soft drink and not really liked by beer beer drinkers because it's oh it's Cod's wallop. Oh. Yeah. Bit rubbish. Yes. So they do think that that's the case, that that might be where it originated, but there's no um, sort of written evidence. evidence around the 1870s of that phrase being used uh, in okay. uh, the vernacular of the country. Right. However, they do think it came about from I'm really struggling you to talk really aren't I are. you which okay? is not great for a podcast no. I'm sorry so the more likely claim is that the phrase originated in post World War II Britain right the phrase itself was used on television in a series called Hancock's Half Hour in 1959 mm. but the writers do not claim to have invented it so as there is no direct origin the most likely is that it's just made up nonsense which even to me, makes it so much better. Yeah. Because it means nonsense. And it is nonsense. And it is nonsense. Codswallop. What a load of codswallop. What a load of codswallop. Yeah. Love it. I love it. My next one is, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. It means, it's better to keep what you already have then try to get something better and risk having nothing at all. Mm. So in layman's terms, if you're on deal or no deal, right? Yeah. And Noel's on the phone to the banker and you've got £10,000 on the go, but the boxes that you have left are a pound or £50,000, mm. what would you do? Well, my husband's a bit of a gambler. He would gamble it away. So I know what Matt would do. He'd end up with the pound. He'd end up with the pound. I would probably yeah. take 10 grand because I could do a lot with that. So you would be thinking along the lines of a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, Dave. Yeah. There you go. So the origin of that saying is it's an ancient Greek proverb and it's been quoted in several of Aesop's fables. You ever oh, read Aesop's no. fables? Yeah, a few. Have you? That's where the leopard loses his spots. Yeah, all that. All or that changes his spots. Changes his spots. Yeah. Um, he was a slave and a storyteller believed to have lived in ancient Greece between 620 and 564 BC. Wow. So that is a long time ago. That is like 2,700 years ago. So that saying has come a long Maybe way. Yeah, it has. Yeah. It Through really many has. iterations. Oh, no many. So I've got a quick one for my yeah. second one. And that's, I'm off to Bedfordshire. Oh, love it. So this means I'm going to bed. Yeah. 
So it supposedly originated in the 1700s. It's important to note that Bedfordshire itself is actually a county in the UK. It's not Mm -hmm. a made-up county. There is also another Bedfordshire saying which has a similar meaning, but I'd never heard of this before. It says, I'm going up the wooden hill to Bedfordshire. Oh, I've heard that. Which is the same thing, but the wooden hill means stairs. Yeah. So other than it originated in the 1700s, I don't know how it originated or where it originated from, but it's meant to have been around for hundreds of years. Yeah, going up the little wooden hill to Bedfordshire. Yeah, I say that quite a lot as well. Yeah, like, just we do. Just to Bedfordshire. Yeah. When we used to go to bed at my nan's house, yeah. she used to go, Tala then. <laughs> so, <laughs> and we were like, why is she saying goodbye to us? Are we not coming back? <laughs> So in Gloucester, so where we're f- where I'm from, um, because we're kind of above Bristol, so we've yeah. got a little bit of the West Country accent yeah. in our speech. Yeah, and tala yeah means goodbye. Tata. Yeah, tata. But it's tala. Tala. And when I when I met Matt, Matt couldn't say tala. Oh yeah, he'd be like tala. Talar. Talar. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's talar. Talar. And he's like, talar. Amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you've got two of the brothers, one then. Talar. Tala. Which means goodbye. Yeah. And um, I'm off to Bedfordshire. Love it. Talar. Um, right, my next one. A flash in the pan. Oh. Which means something that happened only once or for a short period of time and was not repeated. Oh. Yeah. You heard that, Dave? A flash in the pan? Yeah, but I just thought it was a cookery term. No. You know when they just light the grease? Oh, yeah. That's the flash in the pan. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. Okay. Uh, So there's there's a couple of um, origins stories around this, but my favourite one, we're going back to the gold rush. I nearly started going, diddling, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Get my ukulele out. Uh, so this derives from the Californian gold rush of the mid-19th century. Prospectors who planned for gold, uh, pa- planned for gold, panned, they panned for gold. They, sure. Yeah. Um, supposedly became excited when they saw something glint in the pan. Flash, in, flash the pan. in the pan. Wow. Only to have their hopes dashed when it proved to be gold but a mere flash in the pan and not like a great big nugget oh so it could have been just like a fleck of like gold. just the tiniest bit or even yeah. i suppose the sunshine, the sunshine yeah glinting off water because yeah. that can create a flash a flash in the pan there you go fantastic i love that yeah just I love that you're ditty. just so obsessed with the gold rush I know. as well. I'm loving it. All of them are about the gold rush. Yeah. No, they're not really. <laughs> so, safe. So my next one is not for all the tea in China. Oh. Which means not at any price or I'm not going to do that for anything. There's not nothing, nothing that you could offer me that will make me do what you're asking me to do. I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Yes. So... Meatloaf could have said, I would do anything for love, but not that for all the tea in China. <laughs> I would do anything for love, but I won't do that for all the tea in China. <laughs> he needs to remake it right now. I know. I'm down for that. Yeah. Um, so the origin of this comes from the, ni- the late 19th and 20th century and derives from the fact that China produced the largest quantity of tea. 
Mm. The Oxford, Oxford Dictionary, and I found this quite interesting, Yeah, declared that it, the phrase was of Australian origin. Oh! Yeah, because I thought it would have been British because yeah. we were such we big tea. importers of tea. I don't like So tea. an Australian author, J.J. Mann, used the phrase in his travelogue, Round the World in a Motor Car, published in 1914. Okay. When talking about bringing people of different backgrounds into Australia, he stated... One is not even allowed to bring a servant. And when I applied to the authorities for permission to bring Samand with me, the reply was, not for all the tea in China. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yes. So in that, at that time, in the late 19th, 20th century, yeah. Australia were very strict about who came into the country. Yeah. And did, I think also focused on sort of things like race and mm. whether English was a spoken language of the individuals coming in. And they still do that now. Yeah. They're still very hot on who comes into their country, aren't they? Yes, but I don't think they stop people then, based no, on they're, race. They're not racist. <laughs> I'm not saying that, David. I'm just saying that it's very difficult to go and live in Australia, all right? <laughs> just making that quite clear. No, I wasn't saying that at all. I know. I know. Good, good. Stop digging me a hole. <laughs> so, yep, that's not for all the tea in China. I love it. I didn't think it was Australian descent, that I one. feel like I want to watch all of Kath and Kim to see if oh. Kath says it, Kath or Kim says yeah. it, says it. I love that. I know. I just love Kath and Kim. That's our TV recommendation yeah, it's for brilliant. the episode. If you've never watched Kath and Kim, in a, it's an Australian it. comedy... And it's absolutely sensational. It's hysterical. Yes. We've nice. actually quoted it in previous episodes. Yeah, probably quite a lot. Yeah. Accidentally. Uh, right. Um, I'm really sorry, but I feel like I need to burp. I know, this Prosecco is it's super really fizzy. It's really fizzy. And I'm having a bit of a sinus moment as well, I think. No, I've gone really nasally. what's happening? So I'm very sorry if I burp through this, but I feel, I feel it coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right then, Soph, my next one is having a gym <laughs> wag. Yes. <laughs> it's this bloody Prosecco. I know. Um, Sorry. I'm going to say that again. It's having a chin wag. Having a chin wag. So having a chin wag means having a conversation or having a chat. And I lo- this is, again, it's a short one, but I love it. So this originated from a pub in North Wales. So the landlady would ensure people would drink more than they intended to my kind of landlady she's my kind of landlady by going around with a jug of ale and topping up people's glasses love it yes she would say chimwag 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 which is welsh for your cup is empty wow and so obviously because they were still drinking they'd still be talking oh so you're finishing your chimwag have a little chimwag she'd be like chimwag chimwag amazing yeah love it Okay, my next one is enough blue in the sky to make a Dutchman's trousers. So we always, you never use the Dutchman bit, but I say that saying all the time. Yeah. Especially as a kid growing up when we would be going camping. Yeah. If it would be overcast. Yeah. And we'd be travelling to like Devon or Cornwall Uh or wherever, or Tenby. Mm. Be like, oh, can see enough blue in the sky to make a pair of trousers. Yeah. Where does it come from, Soph? um, What's the origin? What does it mean? (laughs) 
I'm telling you what it means right now. <laughs> I'm telling you. So the meaning is, if there is enough blue in the sky to make a Dutchman's trousers, it will be a sunny day. Wow. That's what the the. Oh my gosh. Meaning is. If Carol Kirkwood or Thomas Schaffernacker does not say that on BBC Weather. They need to. So shall I tell you the origin? Yes. It's a variant on a traditional bit of seagoing weather law. Ooh, I which love Which states that in bad weather, a patch of blue sky is a hopeful sign that things are going to improve. Provided, why are you laughing at me? The way that I'm talking? No, I thought you were going to say things could only get better. Things and then, could yeah. only get better. And then I was like, oh yeah, M people, which no. don't even sing that song. And then I was like, oh yeah, have a small. And then I was like, what have you done today? <laughs> like, that's what went in my head. Sorry, continue. Amazing. Right. So... I'll just begin. A patch of blue sky is a hopeful sign that things are going to improve, provided it's big enough to mend a pair of trousers. Oh, okay. The point being that sailors wore wide leg blue trousers, right? Yeah. But Dutch sailors wore even bigger ones, which in addition were also blue. I don't know why I had to write that down. Um, So a hole in the cloud that is as big as a Dutchman's trousers is seriously big. Yes. I love that. It's really cool, isn't it? Yeah. And I love that it's actual seagoing weather law. Weather law. What a great... Love it. turn of phrase. I think we need to do a whole podcast on seagoing weather law. So we've got lumberjack law and seafaring weather law, did you say? Or just seafaring terms in general. Oh, shanties. Shanties. Oh, yeah. We could do Gloucester Sea Shanty Festival. Yeah. I wonder if they want a live podcast. That would be amazing. We're live from the fountain. Sea Shanty Festival, Gloucestershire. Yes. I don't even know any sea shanties to have a little blast night. Yo-ho, my hearties. Oh, Monty does. Monty obviously <laughs> knows a sea shanty, always possessed by a demon. Drink up your heart, my hearties, yo-ho. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not a whole sea shanty. That's right. part of a sea shanty. Oh, I've skipped ahead. So mm. my next one is, I just went ass over tip. Love it. I do that a lot. Yes. We both do. We both do. So, I just went ass over tit means I fell over. It appears that this is a UK colloquialism. Of course it is. And it describes falling over in such a way that body parts flip over each other. Yeah. Hence, ass going over over tit. tit. It is said to be a 20th century interpretation of the 14th century saying heels over head which was to do a somersault or fall over. Ah. Heels over head became inverted around the end of the 18th century. As a result of a series of mistakes by authors, it then became head, head over, over heels, which means to be madly in love with someone else. Aww. Which I find really bizarre because your head is usually always over your heels. Well, you would hope so. Otherwise you'd be falling backwards all the time, wouldn't you? Well, it depends. If you're led on your back. Well, all then right. You your if you head over, over your heels head. for... <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully you're with the person you're head over heels for. <laughs> Indeed. 
Oh, I love it. Yeah. My next one is Sweet Fanny Adams. <laughs> yes. Do you, have you heard this term, Dave? Have you used it? I think I've used it in like the shortened Sweet F.A. Sweet F.A. So meaning you have nothing at all. Yeah. As in Sweet F.A. Because Sweet F.A. is not Sweet Fuck All. No. It's Sweet Fanny Adams. Yeah. Yeah. So the ori- uh, the, the origin of uh, this one is quite sad. I know. <laughs> um, it's referring to 18-year-old Fanny Adams, who was... Why are you laughing now? Jesus Christ, Dave. You're just super funny. <laughs> 18-year-old Fanny Adams. <laughs> He was killed and dismembered in Alton in 1867. The Royal Navy reportedly came to refer to their meagre rations as Fanny Adams, which is kind of gross, isn't it? It later then came to stand for nothing at all, standing for Sweet F.A. And then now people think that it's Sweet Fuck All and Mm. it's not Sweet Fanny Adams. But yeah. Poor, Poor old Fanny. Fanny. Feel bad now. Well, you should feel bad because you were pissing your pants at me telling that story when I was trying to be sad about Fanny Adams. <laughs> oh, I feel like I need to tell my American Fanny story. Oh. And maybe we should save that yeah, for another day. Yeah, no, do it. So obviously Fanny in America means bottom. Mm-hmm. And Fanny in the UK does not mean bottom. No. When it refers to another part of the female anatomy. Vagina. (laughs) Why does it always come back to this? Why does it always come back to the vagina? We were on, (laughs) we were in the Magic Kingdom and we were going on Splash Mountain and we'd been on Splash Mountain, we'd come off and this lady came out and she came out after us and um, she's literally at the top of her lungs (laughs) across the park screamed, oh my God, my fanny is so wet. And all of us just lost our minds. Oh my god. Because you couldn't shout that in Blooming Alton Towers after going on the log flume, could you? I'm gonna. (laughs) Next time we go, I'm gonna. Oh my god, my fanny is so wet! I'm doing it. It's one of the best moments. It's the funniest story I think you've ever told me. (laughs) That and the hot knobs one is just the best. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so my next phrase is away with the fairies. Love it. So this means not facing reality or is in a dream world. So this phrase has its origin in Irish and Scottish Gaelic folklore. There was a strong belief in a netherworld populated by fairies, elves, pixies, leprechauns and goblins. It was believed that these creatures would take humans into their realm and they would return dazed and confused hours, days or even years Mm. later. One of the first documented uses of this phrase is from 1909, an article in a newspaper... In it, Michael Coyne from Ireland attempts to convince people that he didn't murder his rival, James Bailey. Ah. He quoted, sorry, he is quoted as saying, don't mind your son, that is not him you see there. Oh. 
the sister of James Bailey, understood that he meant her brother was really away with the fairies. Oh. The phrase didn't begin to be used as we know it today until the late 20th century. Mm. He's away with the fairies, that one. away with the fairies, that one. Mm. Love it. Yeah, and it started being used quite a lot more after the 60s and 70s, so like the hippie movement. That's when it became more popular. Ah, I see. When they were all drug-addled. On the LSD. Yeah. Deary me. Right. (laughs) (laughs) To get someone's goat. You leave my goat alone, bitch. I'm going to get your goat, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) meaning to piss someone off or irritate someone that's what it means stop getting my goat i'm gonna get your goat all over the place right so the origin in the 19th century nervous horses would supposedly be calmed down by placing a goat in the stall with them have you ever heard of that before i'm really sorry wasn't were you not listening to me (laughs) You absolute dick. What's saying? You again? absolute dick. You're not even listening to I me. I was looking at my next one. Say I it don't again. give a shit if you were looking at your neck. You are getting my goat now, David. <laughs> what did you say? I'm real interested. I said, stop looking at that. In 19th century, nervous horses would supposedly be calmed down by placing a goat in the stall with them. Have you ever heard of that, David? (laughs) No. (laughs) Rival horse owners would steal or get the goat to upset the horse and win the race. Wow. Sorry, should have stated the race horses at the beginning. (laughs) But yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, I never knew that goats were secret horse whisperers. They are calming. Yeah. Goats. I'd like a goat. It's like a pygmy goat. And you won't let me have one. Well, just get one. We could we could milk it and have goat's milk and make goat's cheese. Mm. I think it would be nice. Yeah. I had anyway. two goats growing up. Did you? Yeah. I think they were called Daisy and Esmeralda. Oh, so I'm just going to leave the room now. We'll talk about your next one. <laughs> Not interested. So my next one is wear your heart on your sleeve. Yes. Which means display your emotions openly. Yes. I just did that. <laughs> you very much. You literally, you, I just got your goat <laughs> and you just and wore, wore your heart, heart on your on sleeve. sleeve. This phrase is, could derive from medieval knights Ooh. wearing the colours of the lady they were supporting in attorney. Love it. These colours were usually in the form of cloth or ribbons tied to the arm around the knight. Yes. So it was wearing the love of or yeah. the adoration of the lady on their sleeve. The phrase is first recorded in Shakespeare's Othello in 1604, mm. where the deceitful Iago says the following to Rodrigo. And I wish I had not drank all of this Prosecco before having to frigging read Shakespeare. Okay, go on. I'm not listening anyway, so... It is sure as you are, Rodrigo, were I the more, I would not be Iago. In following him, I follow but myself. Heaven is my judge, not I for love and duty, but seeming so for my peculiar end. 
For when my outward action doth demonstrate the native act and figure of my heart in complement extern, tis not long after, but I will wear my heart upon my sleeve for doors to peck at. I am not who I am. I don't even know if that was right. Well done. Thanks. That was fabulous. Like a bit of Shakespeare. Yeah, I mean. Mm. My next one is a red herring. Oh, okay. Meaning to mislead or distract. So the origin was popularised by William Corbett, who was an English polemist. Oh. Do you know what a polemist is? I know what a polygamist is. (laughs) I don't know what a polemist is. It's a person who engages in controversial debates. Oh. Um, He told a story of having used a herring to divert hounds from chasing a hare. Because they're very smelly. Are they? Yeah. So if you don't want uh, a hare chased down by a hound... Use a red... Use some herring. Herring. Oh. So you're diverting the hound from chasing the hare. I love that. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? Mm -hmm. A red herring... I've got a red one next too. Have you? Yes, caught red-handed. Oh. So to be caught in the uh, to be caught red-handed is to be caught in the act of committing a misdemeanor with the evidence for all to see. Oh my goodness. So the phrase caught red-handed comes from Scotland where it was known as red hand but still had the same meaning. It was used many times in the Scottish legal proceedings from the 15th century onwards. Mm. In Sir George Mackenzie's A Disclosure Upon Laws and Customs of Scotland in Matters Criminal, 1674, it states, If he be not taken red hand, the sheriff cannot proceed against him. Oh. Mm. And though not responsible for the creation of the phrase, there is a great red-handed legend from Northern Ireland. Oh, wow. So the red hand has long been a heraldic and cultural symbol for Northern Ireland, and it appears on the Northern Irish flag. Oh. Its origin is found in myth. A boat race would be held in which the first person to touch the shore of Ulster would become the ruler of that area. Oh, my goodness. One contestant guaranteed his win by cutting off his hand and throwing it to the shore ahead of his rivals. No. Yeah. That's gross. Well, that's the story. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) Right. My next one. Not enough room to swing a cat. So meaning a very small space. So, like, when I first moved into my very first flat, 159, where you used to come uh, in Cheltenham, mm-hmm. my very first house, my dad, when we went into my room there, he was like, there's not enough room to swing a cat in here. No. There so was loads of room. It was. It was quite big, actually. There's enough room for a fucking shit-ass bloody right. alarm clock. Oh, yeah. That was amazing. My alarm clock was brilliant. <laughs> Oh dear. My friend went to Oman and bought me a um a little alarm clock which uh played the call to prayer as the alarm. 
and it was just the best thing ever. Me and Dave used to go out and get absolutely wasted. And then the call to prayer would wake us up in the morning. At like 6am. Yeah. And you wouldn't even wah, get up. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. It was brilliant. And it I'd was be like, so good. that shit off. <laughs> it was so fun. Right. So the origin is unclear. But my favourite is supposing it has something to do with swinging a cat of nine tails. In a ship's cabin. Ah. Yeah. More seafaring folklore. Exactly. Seafaring folklore is the way to go. Yes. There I love go. that. It's cool, isn't it? So my next one. Yep. Is you're as daft as a brush. Love it. So this means to be very stupid or foolish. The phrase originated as soft as a brush. The brush being referred to as a fox's tail because they are very, very soft. With regards to daft as a brush, the brushes were said to be the young boys that were employed in the 18th and 19th centuries to climb into chimneys and sweep them. The theory goes that the young boys were dropped on their heads repeatedly when being lowered down the chimneys, making them daft. Oh, no. I know. It's also claimed that it could be a derivation of the older saying as mazed as a brish. Mazed is defined as stupefied, dazed, insane, crazed, bewildered or confused and dates to the 14th century. And brish is a country dialect word for brush which dates from the 17th century and the two meanings mean exactly the same thing. Wow, that's cool. Mm. Um, I always thought that chimney sweeps would go up from the bottom and not be lowered in from the top how of would the they, chimney. Well, how would they get to the top? It's well, the, I suppose it's they easier They have long to... poles that they push the brush up with. But it, do you think it's probably easier to lower than it is to like pull up I guess so yeah I don't know I never thought about it before oh poor little boys being dropped on their heads <laughs> oh so my next one this is my last one actually cold enough to freeze the balls off a brass monkey <laughs> well, it certainly gets like that in the winter meaning it's freezing yes <laughs> So, uh, first recorded in the mid-1800s in America, some believe it to have originated from the Napoleonic Wars and derived from the brass plate called a monkey that the cannonballs were stacked on. Oh, wow. When it was cold, the brass would contract and the balls would fall off. I love that, save. Oh, <laughs> okay. What's your next one, Dave? So this is my last one. And this is Until the Cows Come Home. Mm -hmm. And it means for a long but indefinite time. This saying originated due to the cows... Due to the cows? Due to cows Mm -hmm. being slow and languid creatures. And they make their way home to the barn at their own pace. Ambling. The precise time and place of the phrase is unknown. But it is a long-standing expression and one of the earliest depictions of the phrase was in the 16th century. 
fabulous. <laughs> you, you seem a little tense. <laughs> Is everything okay? I feel like we need to go back to the beginning and start again. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't really. What are you doing now? Just getting the outro all you've ready. All doing is faffing around on that little keypad it's all night. It's because that's where all my notes are. I know. Maybe you should write them in a book and then we wouldn't have these problems. Mm-hmm. 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 You're mm-hmm. being very, very obtuse. <laughs> and you are really getting my goat. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got one more. Oh, okay. I thought you said you'd done. No, I, I was, I am done, but I've got one more. I don't actually have the origin for it <laughs> because I couldn't find one. But um, it's got your ass in your hand. <laughs> yes. And it means he or she is really mad, in a bad mood, or pissed off. So basically, like you are now. Yeah. Got your ass in your. I've hand. got my ass in my hand. Or in the forest, we say, or it's got her ass in her hand, on him. <laughs> Mind. <laughs> Mind. And that's it. I'm Love finished. It. Well done, Sophie. Thank you. I feel like we got to the end of that without any more hiccups <laughs> from little old hot David over there. It's faffing about. <sighs> Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I feel like I've been told off. <laughs> you have been. You're faffing around. I'm not. I'm just getting notes ready <laughs> to do our outro, unless you've got it there. Yes, I do, actually. Well, I've then, written it in a book, and all I have to do is turn your boots. to the page. We didn't do that one, did we? Fill your fill boots. Fill your boots. We'll what save does that, that mean, for babe? next time. What does that mean? Fill your boots. It means get on with it. So, Soph, we've got no listeners left over this week. Oh, but no! instead, yes. we've got a wonderful promo from our friends at Ask Karen. Fabulous! Absolutely. So, here are the guides from Ask Karen to tell you all about their podcast. Hurrah! I've got a question from Chris who's sitting right next to you here in London. I love to listen to the podcast on my journeys to and from work. Are there any you can recommend? Well, actually, Chris, funny you should ask. There's one I'd love to listen to that's called Ask Karen. So I got to the sandwich bowl, saw <laughs> the shop, turned left and went in the shop next door. <laughs> you Honestly did. And it was, I was going to Specsavers. Literally should have gone to Specsavers. It's funny, informative, and they not only help people with issues, dilemmas and problems, but they also venture into some great conversations on a variety of topics. Wow, that sounds like a really fun podcast by accident I put my shower curtain on back to front what do you mean you put it on (laughs) (laughs) what's the right way to wear it I didn't wear it (laughs) you like playing Superman or something yeah I was dressing up I'm guessing I can find it just by searching Ask Karen on any good podcast app yes that's right Chris I believe they also have a website too that has all the info anyone might need which is askkaren.co.uk it's a lovely looking website too that's great thanks Karen so join me and Karen on our potentially award winning podcast Ask Karen so that's it for not for the dinner table episode 21 Aww. i've had a wonderful time me too despite our argument it wasn't an argument <laughs> <laughs> 
A little discord. A little ditty. A little dit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I do the outro? Well, yeah, you've got it written in a book, apparently. <laughs> okay. If you... <laughs> oh, my God. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell a friend. Yes, please. Yes, do it. Subscribe and leave a review. The podcast is produced and written by us, me, Sophie. And me, David. (laughs) Our logo was created by... Kaylee. See more of her work at... Kay Creates Design. And our music is by... Blacksmith. And you can find their work on Audio Jungle. You can follow us on Twitter at NFTDT, on Instagram at NotForThe underscore Dinner Table, on Facebook at NotForThe Dinner Table, and email us at NotForTheDinnerTable at gmail.com. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. Yeah, including Podacy and Podcoin, which somebody told me about today. Yes, we need to go and claim our podcast on Podcoin. Okay, let's do it. Right now. Let's go. (laughs) So remember, everybody is welcome at our dinner table. Except... A hot David. You're not disagreeing. You're not disagreeing. I feel like I need to get the hose pipe and spray you down. I feel like. I feel like (laughs) you're being a pain in my ass. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. So you pain in my ass. (laughs) Cheers. The Dinner Table is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.